Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Man, have we got a good show for you today. So excited. Uh, actually have a little bit of the uh, a little bit of the World Cup on on television. But we're not watching it. We're just totally... Ole, 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 ole. It's behind us. We can't see what's going on. It's behind you, but it's to my side. Ole, ole, ole. I'm not going to do any spoiler alerts in case somebody was going to, I don't know, watch it again tonight, but it's pretty cool what's yeah. going on. Hey, uh, got a great show for you today. And in the house, Michael Pond's here. Hello. Good to have you, Michael. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, of course, Sean O'Neill is here only today. You're leaving us, Sean? Yes, my expiration date is up. You're you're expired, <laughs> and we're going to toss him like an old carton of eggs. Okay, that sounds gross. Well, and also, guess no, who's here? Just vacation time. Maddie Richard, Richard, we're so happy. Is in the house, but you know what? We didn't give Maddie a microphone, so she's not allowed to talk. Apparently. Oh, here. Oh boy, oh, she just ripped it out I of Sean's talk. hands. No, I didn't. Sean gave it to me. How you doing, Maddie? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Did you start a new? Um, you started a new internship. Yeah, I started an internship yesterday. What do you at think? A TV station at a local television station. Well, it's nothing like the Matt Townsend show. <laughs> so but true. It's probably it's a million times better. It's high no, cloth, quality. <laughs> um, no, it, yeah. it's, it's this is really fun, and this is my family, and that that is a we're like your family, and that's kind of internship is a new exciting like bad boy work opportunity. No, Wait, did you start today or yesterday? I started yesterday. Yesterday. That's why I'm not here every other day. Oh, okay. hold it, you're not. No, Matt, I'm sorry. Don't cry. Because we always play your bits. Yeah, I I record those for you out of the goodness By the of way, my heart. Fantastic. Great job. Fantastic. What was? The one yesterday? Yeah. You don't remember what it was? I don't remember it. It was pretty good, though. I do remember <laughs> Thanks, it was good. I remember when I hear them, I'm like, that's really good. Oh, you guys are too nice. Well, thank but, you. But, hey, yes, um, I'm here. Today's topic is a really interesting topic because uh, the topic is modern domesticity. And when I think of domesticity, I think of Sean O'Neill. <laughs> what? I don't know why. I don't maybe, either. Maybe I don't know what the word means. Mike, what does the word mean? You know, when I think of that word, I think of kind of past stereotypes, housewives, uh, yeah. homemakers, stay-at-home moms. Sean O'Neill. Because uh, Sean make, Sean's a great cook. I bet he runs a very tight ship. I bet, it, I bet his house is clean. And I bet he, I could see him wearing an apron. You have not been to my house. Okay. I do cook. I bet you're a great cook. Do you wear like a so. w- welder's mask or I don't know, no. tool Mm-mm. tool belt? No. <laughs> I make a, I just make a mess. Yeah. Mess maker. He made really good salsa for a party we that had. That was oh, really yeah. good salsa. That was, that was great. so good. So we I, bought too much pizza and then people didn't eat the salsa. Well, I ate lots of salsa. What were you guys doing? Pizza you can have any I day. I put some salsa Shana. on my pizza. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So you missed out, Matt. See, um, modern domesticity seems like a weird title to me. Because, I mean, you know, aren't aren't we always domestic in the now, in the modern moment? Yeah, well, what what does domesticity mean? I I guess it's the making of of the home. Yes. Do you agree with that, Maddie? 
Maddie, have you ever made a home? Well, I feel like my apartment is my home. And so I try to make that apartment my home even though I'm not with my family anymore. Do you brought, do you buy like a different comforter every semester? No. You don't? No. Do you have a lot of pillows on your bed? I bet um, you got 50 have, pillows. No. You look like a 50 pillow girl. <laughs> stuffed animals no. maybe? I have yeah, I do have stuffed animals, but they're sentimental. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. Hold on. You have stuffed animals? Yeah. They're, one of them was how I got asked to prom my senior year, so it's kind of special. Oh, wow. Oh, it might huge. be time to let that go, though. No. I mean, th- th- there's a point where... Oh, that's actually should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Well, you could have. He had to dive over you to push that button. <laughs> <laughs> um, you couldn't see that. I don't know what your problem is. But... Um, like it's a different day and age. Back in the day, you could watch like Leave It to Beaver. Oh yeah, and what was her name? June. Mm-hmm. June would you know she, hers was old school domesticity, right? Mm-hmm. Where the wife had to do everything. They had certain roles. Dads did certain things. Moms did certain things, and we we never strayed. And, and those Boom. stereotypes were rampant. Yeah, huge. Through, All over the place. Yeah. Magazines, well, advertisements. But it, I, I, was it a stereotype or it, was it – that was just – that was like the law. Yeah, that was the way of life, I think. Like y- you were a freak show if you probably lived something different than that. Like what if you were the woman back then? Eh, don't want to cook a meal. Well, you know, I'm not as old as you are, so I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but what? I'm sure – I'm sure that's how it was. Wow. That was weird. It's kind of like a put down, but mm-hmm. but like an unintended one, because he's so nice and cute. Oh no, that was intended. Oh, was that intended? No, no, not not intended. <laughs> okay, um, but so, you know, it, to me, I would go to my grandma's house, and she's the one that made the roast, and she's the one that got everyone breakfast, and she's the one that, you know, made lunch, and everyone would come back from work to have lunch, you know. I actually had two very different grandmothers. They lived in the same city. Did you? Okay. Yeah. They lived in the same city. They were only blocks away from yeah. each other. Uh, for years, they'd go to lunch together, actually. And just so, but one of them, you go to her house and you say, okay, Grandma, I'm hungry. God helps them to help themselves. Really? Yes. So you kind had to go out to the grandma. She said, there's the refrigerator. You got hands. You can have anything you want in it that's in it, but, you know, wow. go at it. Okay. My other grandmother, oh, you'd, yeah. you'd say, hey, it's time for lunch. Or she'd say it's time for lunch, mm-hmm. and she would go into the kitchen and start fixing things. And make something, yeah. A feast. Yeah. But they yeah. were both, I mean, they they were only about 10 years different in age. Isn't that interesting? So, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes maybe it is just that you feel like you have to live up to a certain way of living, right? Yeah. So like my, my mom uh, was raised by this incredible homemaker that used to rake her shag carpet. Because that's she had a my dad did that she had a rake an actual Mm -hmm. rake a carpet rake Mm -hmm. oh yeah it was actually amazing I I like to do it because you'd fluff up your shag carpet but um and then you know you didn't have to it's not like you had a pile of leaves when you were done you just (laughs) just, just fluffy shag lint yeah so but my mom was raised in that family but then she kind of turned into the the mom that's like yeah you you got hands Mm -hmm. but she'd still make my dinner but. I mean, she just would make it kind of out of love, but she knew. But she taught me to iron. In my family, I do all the ironing. I was taught to sew. Really? Yep. Yeah, we throw our clothes away. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was to make new 
clothes. Oh, you, you did. In high school, all my friends and I wanted to make board shorts. Are you kidding? And so my mother said, here's See? the sewing machine. That you, is the You beginning. made your own board shorts? I made my own board shorts, yes. Wow. So that's the beginning of the new, that is the beginning of the new stereotype of the new domesticity. Boom. Now, Michael, you've done some research yeah. on some stereotypes. You know, and Ish. yeah, I have. Yeah. And it's really interesting. All the stereotypes from the 50s and the 60s are kind of negative uh, by today's standards. Well, yeah. And we've got some interesting some. clips. I mean, we got a clip right here from Leave It to Beaver. Oh, yeah. And this is the father teaching the son about the woman's role in the kitchen. Leave It to Beaver. Here we go. Dad's funny. What's funny? Well, whenever we cook inside, Mom always says to cook it. But whenever we cook outside, you always do it. How come? Well, it's sort of traditional, I guess. Uh, you know, they say a woman's place is in the home. And uh, I suppose as long as she's in the home, she might as well be in the kitchen. Ooh. Oh. oh, my gosh, right? Well, that explains about Mom. But how come you always do the outside cooking? Well, I'll tell you, son. Uh, women do all right when they have all the modern conveniences. Oh, but my hands. But men are better at this uh, rugged type of outdoor cooking. Sort of a throwback to caveman days. Tell me those asbestos gloves, would you, Molly? Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you think wow. about that, Matt? I watched that, I and my, my jaw just dropped. Don't look at Don't look at Maddie. <laughs> That, that is a different era. Yeah, yeah you I mean, can't say things like that today. No, you could. You'd be dead. You'd get whacked. But isn't it interesting that you you actually notice that? Your body is like, oh. See that? So you're already in the modern yeah. paradigm of what our roles are. We're not necessarily defined. A woman should not just be in the kitchen. And, and I think Some that, women shouldn't be in the kitchen at all. Oh, please. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> I think men nowadays can be very domestic too. Oh, for sure. I'm I love you should see me I, I get home I put on my house slippers we call them <laughs> no I don't that's the negative stuff that we're trying to avoid right my house the dog slippers. bring you the slippers yeah the dog brings my slippers <laughs> I put on my slippers and then I put on an apron and I just do nothing but clean all night which is a very new story to my wife because she's like, I'm guessing you're cleaning that. the inside of your eyelids. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We're that, but that's a huge. You've got. An, have you got another one? You've got another video to watch, another audio to play. And this is just interesting social commentary from the time uh, this was made. It's from I Love Lucy. She's talking about women's rights. This is from the '50s. Just interesting. Yeah. What, what was going on at the time? Oh yeah. <laughs> at a girl, Lucy. I what happened to you it just sunk in i don't know how you treat your women in cuba but this is the united states and i have my right i am not arguing about women's right i am the first one to agree that women should have all the rights they want as long as they stay in their place oh you're just as bad as he is fred you men tell us that we have equal rights but you certainly don't give us a chance to act like it what do you want you've got the vote you wear pants, you drive buses, you rustle, you go every place you please except the steam room in the YMCA. That isn't true. Equal rights means just what it says, equal rights. Well, that's a good explanation. Oh, you know what she means. Yes, and we want to be treated that way. From now on, everything is equal. We want to be treated exactly as if we were men. I remember that one. So do I. And then... 
he turned it on her, if I recall. He turned it and made her, okay, then you pay equally and you work equally and you do. Now, the funny thing is today that argument wouldn't work. Yeah. Because they're all working equally or yeah. more and they're doing more. And it's interesting. So these stereotypes are huge. And and again, I guess it's a stereotype. I mean, the reality was it was there. That's That was the reality. And yeah. I, I don't know where it came from. I mean, I really don't. It's, you know, so, like, he re- they really believed – they were inferior, I guess. Like not. I don't think able. women ever believed that. No. Men believed that oh, no, about women, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Well, but but I think women also probably not all women, but not all men believe that either. But not all women probably wanted to be out in the world. You know what I mean? Some of them wanted truly to just build a home, and that was their joy. Now they shouldn't have been stereotyped that way, but women also wanted homes, and they also wanted kids. And they also wanted families. And they still do. And they still do. And so the irony of it is, is how do we move our heads on from this without taking, making it a fight? How do, you, how do you learn what the new image looks like? Right? Yeah. And, and, and is there even a real new image? Because the reality is sometimes maybe the husband's a better nurturer. Boom. Maybe he should be home. Maybe the wife's a better provider. Maybe she should be out. What do we do? How do you decide? And do you? Do you? Or do you just leave it up? Everybody's just going to be different now. It's just there's not a standard, right? That's huge. What did you learn, Mike, in your research? Well, you know, I was trying to figure out where did this come from? Where were these oh. ideas coming from? And people have done a lot of study trying you, to figure out. Farmers. You know, I think it had to do something to do with the farm. Well, it had to do, a lot to do with kind of these television shows. The, did it? the advertising. In the 50s? And, oh, yeah. They probably, oh, that's how they sold a lot of stuff that way. A lot of the advertising was, was uh, targeted towards women, depicting them in the kitchen, uh, conversing with children, serving dinner, cleaning, and otherwise, you know, espousing the joy of a clean home and, and being, you know, in the house. It's huge. And, and so a lot of women just kind of took on the role that the media was trying to give them. Follow the money. See, that's the answer always. Follow the money. Because if they're going to pitch it to the housewife who wants all of the latest appliances. Did you hear? I mean, a woman's place is in the house because she needs all of the greatest appliances or whatever. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? A grill is a pretty great appliance compared I, to I think, I think so. what burning on a <laughs> rock used to be like. Yep. So, anyway, fascinating. That's, that's what we're talking about today. What does domestic life look like today 2014 how do we bridge this how do we you know how do we figure out what we're going to do as couples as families it's a big deal and how do we not keep treating them like they yeah they need to be barefoot and pregnant second class citizens almost i feel like well and it is and yet again people are still making choices i i think it's i think the problem is not just Men oppressing women. I mean, I think there's a big divide, too, between women and women. Like, mm-hmm. women that want to stay home That's and true. want to have a home yeah, life is. and be a mom. And women that are in the workplace as well. So, I mean, this is, this is all over the place. So, we've, we've decided to bring in an expert, of course. Who else? Who else to bring in but the experts? Uh, her name is Chris Scholes, and she is a blogger and is the blogger at the site The Chic Wife. Uh, really, from Idaho, basically, all the way to New York City, she uh, grew up learning kind of one method, one approach to creating a household and a home, taking care of your your spouse and your loved ones. And she moved to New York and is and is trying to like take some of her traditional ideas to the modern uh, New York City 
We're going to be talking to Chris Scholes. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're coming back. We're talking modern domesticity right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about what we're calling modern domesticity, and we're bringing on, uh, I guess, the modern domesticity expert. Her name is Chris Scholes. She's a lifestyle expert and is the creator of the popular website The Chic Wife and a regular lifestyle contributor on the Today Show, on Fox & Friends, on Dr. Oz. You name it. She's been on every show you got. Now, Chris was raised on a peanut farm in rural Virginia. I thought it was in Idaho, but in in rural Virginia years ago. And she left the country life, moved to New York City, and became a city wife. She brings her small-town ideals to the table while offering up a polished and intelligent spin on how to live the chicest life possible. Um, So, Chris, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. With an intro like that, I mean, I sound... I'm impressed myself. Now. You're the real deal. Like you, you didn't even know you were that great, did you? I know, but you could say it a few more times if you want. <laughs> you really, you're not just great. You're chic. You're the chic wife. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. It's great to have you. And, and we're trying to teach us and fill us in. I mean, we're a little dense here, but um, because first of all, give us your definition of modern domesticity. We've used the word like three times, and every time we use it, we kind of look at each other like, get the dictionary. Well, I think um, I think you kind of hit it like the nail on the head when you said modern. I think that the the connotation has has changed. I mean, I grew up, you know, in an area where we, we learn these things as as girls. You know, we we grew up taking classes like home ec and yeah. watched. You know, I learned cooking and baking, and entertaining from my my very southern grandmother and my mom. <laughs> and um, I think the word domestic as I got a little bit older, developed sort of a negative connotation almost. Yeah. And we've kind of seen it in the past few years really circle back. You can see it um, you know, gaining popularity again with, you know, you've got like Martha Stewart or Pinterest and um, lifestyle websites and blogs. And, I mean, it's exactly what I do. And you can kind of see that there's a turnaround. But women are kind of wanting it to be to be more, to be more than just, you know, kind of, being at home and taking care of the family, they're also, they're working and, you know, they're making a real name for themselves, like in the professional field. But at the end of the day, they also want to come home and have a beautiful home yeah. and know how to entertain and how to cook. So that's kind of my spin on the modern domestic. It's it's not just one or the other. And and I feel like women don't have to pick anymore. Yeah. They, don't, they don't have to be just one or the other. They can be both. Is it um and it must be a really interesting contrast to go from kind of kind of the southern hospitality domesticated mom grandma you know creating a, a really incredible dinner and then versus you know the New York City world that might even has, have historically looked down on that what what has that done to you I mean it's you, you still are bringing in the southern flair and style and and care. But uh, I guess you're also able to then go build your career. 
Well, and I think I that's exactly what I tried to do. When I first moved to New York, I, I dropped my, my accent. I didn't tell many people that I grew up on a farm. I was working in the fashion industry. And I just found that, you know, my the people that I were I was friends with, they were kind of craving that I don't want to say like a kind of a mom figure, yeah. but but a little bit. And and so I started, you know, doing dinner parties for them or, you know, out of our small apartments mm-hmm. or baking pies. And I started to see that a lot of them were almost kind of in, intrigued by it, a little bit perplexed. And um, <laughs> and and they were like, we don't understand. Like, you actually learned how to do this, like how to <laughs> make an apple pie or roast a chicken, like things that were very normal <laughs> yeah. to me. And, and when I saw that they were interested in it, that's when I started my, my website because I saw that they were kind of looking for, for I want to say like a, a role model of sorts. Sure. And and I think especially in this day and age when you've got so many um, you know women figures out there that aren't exactly the best role models that are you know quote unquote housewives, mm-hmm. um, women are just looking for someone to kind of teach them. And and again, I found that when I moved to New York, you know, my friends knew how to dial for takeout or send their laundry out. Right. But they couldn't do kind of the simplest what I consider to be domestic tasks. And and so when I found that they were interested, and it's not that they were going to be making fun of me for doing these things, they actually wanted to learn how to do them themselves. Yeah. And, you know, and it also, as crazy as it was, the, the men that they were dating or guys that they were dating, they wanted that too, which which I thought was really interesting. No, I think, it, I, like, just as you're talking, I'm like, man, my sons need to read your blog. I, be- and it's funny because I actually do have a slightly large male audience. Do you really? I mean, just even sewing on a button or fixing, I mean, things again that you would learn, but it's almost like we lost a generation. We lost Uh, it somewhere. Yeah, we did, didn't we? And yet all of a sudden something as simple as, I mean, the apple pie, that's really powerful and neat, but but there's also just day-to-day stuff we all need to know how to do, like really how to clean. Yeah, and and I feel like, too, we also kind of lost, in this generation somehow, we lost the feeling of taking care of each other. Mm. And, and like you said, like your your sons need to know as well, because I feel like, you know, everyone's busy these days, busy, busy, busy. And, you know, you come home at night and it's, it's more about, you know, the husband and the wife or the, the guy and the girl or whoever taking care of each other. Yeah. And, and we've lost that. And I think, again, I think we're coming back to that. And, and I consider that to be a great thing. Well, you see, yeah, you still want to make a home. I mean, a homemaker is... I guess we had a, it had a really weird stereo or stereotype or paradigm around it that it was maybe an oppressed woman home yeah. <laughs> under the, under <laughs> duress making a home, but there's something powerful to the idea that we and I guess you're reviving this that we that home is special, right? So when we can finally go there and relax, there's a lot of stuff that can make it feel even better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and I think you know, learning how to create that for either a man or a woman is is a really amazing thing. And I think that it offers up, especially for a woman, a lot of helps your self esteem if if you know how to do those things. Yeah. And if you know you're creating this nice environment, and maybe you've had a bad day at work, but you can come home and you know, for me, like cooking is, is very therapeutic. So if I've had a bad day. And I can come home and cook like a nice dinner or cook with my husband. Yeah. I, I think it definitely. It's powerful. 
yeah, it's powerful. It's nurturing. It um, it makes you feel really good. And for me, it makes me feel like you know I'm kind of back back home on the farm. Yeah. You know, after a hectic crazy yeah. day. Well, and and being and again too, maybe in a weird way, it also. It maybe it it has a, a connotation for you of even femininity. Like it's, it's um, I don't know. It, it it maybe completes you. I don't know what it's. It just seems like the, it's almost it's it's caring. Really, you're you're caring. Like when my grandma would make me a sandwich for lunch, she wasn't oppressed. She just actually made it with care and liked that I ate my boiled ham sandwich. <laughs> And it was this well, loving act. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's how, um, for me, it's it's how I show love. Yeah. And, you know, maybe sometimes you don't always have the right words. But for me, if I can make you something nice and see the look on your face when you're eating it and know that you really, really liked it, that brings me a lot of a lot of joy. And it's not like I sat at home like that's right. had, like, because I had to. Yeah. Because I was Woman, away. Woman, make me a sandwich and make it good. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it's almost like it's turned away from a half to... To a want to. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, it's interesting as, as I think about it, you, there, there have got to be, especially like in a city like New York, where to be a woman, you've kind of freed yourself from those chains, um, supposedly. And yet there's got to be some closet, you know, domestic, I don't know what we call them, just quiet closet homemakers yeah. that that can't pretend like they do that. And and call me you know old fashioned, but I I truly believe you could ask most women if that's what you know they would genuinely enjoy doing at the yeah. end of the day. And I think a lot of them would say would say yes because yeah. I think that hopefully hopefully what I hope to accomplish is take away the negative connotation behind it because I do have a job and I do, you know, I think create a, a beautiful home and, and nice meals. My, my husband might say, no, he would say different. He doesn't. <laughs> no, he, I bet he loves it. But, but, you know, same thing. Like I'm not waiting for him to get home at night. I have my own interests, my own passions. I travel by myself a lot. I work. Um, but at the end of the day, it's truly important for me that there is a nice environment for us hmm. to be in. I think it's I think it's fantastic, and I think you obviously are on to something. I mean, just looking at Pinterest, I mean, are you kidding me? It's They're, crazy. And it's, so it's not that they just maybe that's what the new maybe that's what the new homemaker is is just somebody that looks at pictures instead of creating it. But it seems like there is a real big passion to to bring that back into our lives. Well, I think we've we're kind of too trying to make it more attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm not preaching, making your own, you know, butter from scratch and everything has to be like completely handmade. That's good. Yeah. It's more like you can do this. It doesn't have to be intimidating and, you know, do what you love. If you don't love to cook, there are plenty of ways to put food on the table at night. If you love to sew, like go do that. Um, So there's all kinds of different ways to accomplish kind of same thing. Fantastic. Yeah. We're talking with Chris Scholes, a lifestyle expert and uh, really the 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 blogger from thechicwife.com. You got to go check out that website, thechicwife.com. Lots of great information on that. We're going to take a break, come back with Chris. We're going to have her teach us a little bit more about her blog, start giving us some ideas, you know, for other ways that we can we can we can maybe reignite this role of of being kind of a modern domesticated being 
And again, I don't think it's just for the wives. I mean, maybe it's not just the chic wives. Maybe it's just the chic life, you know? Maybe all of us can get a part of this. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be back more with Chris Scholes right after this break. to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about modern domesticity. You know, you still can be a very domesticated, very domestic-oriented person. You can still worry about your house and have a job and take care of your family and have friends over and still put together a really good dinner. Isn't there a difference between being domesticated and being domestic, though? Yeah, it just threw me. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, you, Sean. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't think I was like a horse or something. Well, actually, maybe you are. Uh, on the phone with us, uh, um, Chris Scholes is joining us. She's a lifestyle expert and is the creator of the popular website, The Chic Wife, and a regular lifestyle contributor on The Today Show, Fox and Friends, Dr. Oz, Access Hollywood Live. The, woman's, the woman knows her stuff, and she's, she's out there giving advice on a variety of issues from, you know, exercise to, you know, holidays and celebrations and organizing your life and food and menus and all these different things. But what she's trying to, it sounds like, revive is the fact that you can care about building a home and build a career as well. Is that right, Chris? That's right. And I, I actually like, too, how, how you were saying earlier that it doesn't necessarily just need to fall fall right on the on the woman anymore to be, yeah. to be domestic and to create these things, how it can kind of be a partnership. I love that. I mean, and I think that's the new age. I think uh, I changed, I, and I think I was on the cutting edge of it, not me personally, but my age group of changing a lot of diapers, doing a lot of stuff like that, and... I think it's just the beginning, but really it's it's we can now kind of we can become partners in a way that we have never been partners. And by breaking down some of those past barriers and and really looking at it and saying, what's in the best interest of us as a family, as a couple? Um, and and I, I love it. I love blowing up the idea and keeping some of these things alive. Again, I have a son right now that is in Mexico, in Saltillo, Mexico area. Um serving a mission for the LDS church. And I'm thinking that kid does not know how to sew a button on. Well, he, you know, I think we taught him in the last week, but he wouldn't know how to fix the hem of his pants to save his life. I did teach him a staple trick where he could just staple them shut. I was going to um, say, can't he just use staples and yeah. tape? I think that'd Actually, be good. I did. That's what I taught him. And uh, sure, it'll cut up his leg a little bit. But then I thought, well, oh, you know, he's going to be in Mexico. I, I, I went to Argentina for two years. And, you know, back in the day, I could just hire somebody and pay him to fix it. And it was great. The problem is, honestly, he can't find somebody to pay even in Mexico, to fix his clothes. So I'm thinking, maybe this is a global thing now. Maybe that what we're running into is maybe the art of the home is being lost a little bit. So this idea of the chicwife.com, maybe you're capturing some really powerful traditions that need to be remembered. 
Well, I think what, what happened was as well is that I, I always really wanted to be a home ec teacher. Did you? And I think that this was kind of my way. That that did not happen. And I think this was kind of my yeah. way of of putting it all out there to a bigger audience. Yep. Well, and, 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 and in an audience that might not normally go there, but actually in the closet they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I mean, I really think that that's – there's something about keeping – and it's almost like an art, maybe the art of the home. I mean, because it is like even your, what, you're, what you talk about where there's this feeling that you have in being able to make a good meal – and it's not suppression or oppression. It's it's just the desire to just serve someone that way. That's just powerful. And it's so it, it almost does feel like a lost art or an art that's fading. It does. And I think, you know, especially for me, it was a big, big thing about self-esteem. I felt like I kind of moved to New York, which was obviously a big change for me yeah. you know, from growing up in southeastern Virginia. And I moved up, and I found in a lot of ways I didn't know what I was doing. I was, you, you kind of feel like this loss of control, and especially at that age when you're graduating from college right. and you have so many questions. But I would come home at night to my very small apartment, and every single night, and mainly because I was broke, but also <laughs> I, I would cook myself dinner. And just for me, I you know had a roommate that yeah. wasn't really home that much, and I would feel it, it could have been just something as simple as like pasta and sauce, but I would make myself dinner every night, and I would be in control, and I would feel good about myself, yeah. and I was feeding myself, and something as simple as that, you know, and I didn't know it at the time, but it was kind of my way of holding on to you know a piece of my my childhood mm-hmm. and and of where I grew up. And then I found such joy in sharing that with other people that I can only imagine that, that others feel the same way. And yeah. like you said, men, men or women. Yeah. Well, and I think they really do. And um, talk about the blog. It's just as I'm looking through it, there's so many different things that you get into, too. I mean, this isn't, this is just also some of it's just motivation theory and and understanding what's what really matters most to you and but talk about the blog and and how how that's been helping you to kind of share more of your message absolutely i think um you know i started six years ago i started a a blog called young married chic i had just gotten married and it was what i was saying i just really wanted a place to kind of share all of my thoughts yeah because i found that there was so much hand-holding through the wedding process for couples as a whole, and not just in the planning process, but just kind of everything. And you kind of get back from the wedding and the honeymoon and everything kind of dies down. And I realized that there was, it's like, well, well, wait, like how, how are we supposed to be a married <laughs> Yeah, couple? how does this work now? Right. There, yeah, there was all this support up until then. <laughs> and you think the most important thing is like choosing a cake or a band. That's and right. And all of a sudden you forget that, that you have to be this partnership. And so that's when I also I started writing about things that were very real for me and things that you know, I was going through or we were going through as a couple. Mm-hmm. And I found that people really responded to that because it was real. And every day, you know, is not photos of cupcakes and flowers and, yeah. and fun things. You know, people go through really hard things and they can really relate when you write about them because, you know, they might be at home and having a terrible day and they see something on my website that hits them like, oh, you know, she's going through that too. Yeah. And and I'm really passionate about 
about that and and helping people. I uh, see. I, it's almost like. It, it, we always talk about this show being like a handbook to life because you don't get one, so you you need you need some guide, and um, but you're so right about like getting married. It's we 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 do talk a lot about the cake, and then after like I always thought found that really interesting that like people would go to Pinterest and they'd they'd find a million different ways to make a great cake, but not necessarily. So where do they go to find a million great ways to make a good marriage or where do they exactly. where do they go to find like I love one of your one of your topics was just on your thoughts on independence or one was on being fearless or on public speaking I mean those are all things people have to deal with right and there's um like I said I just feel like there's a a lack of really good role models out there and and people people really want that and and they want you to be real and to know that you you struggle too because I think Sometimes, especially in the industry that I'm in, kind of in the in the blog and TV world, you you only see the pretty. Sure. Yep. And you know you don't see the the ten steps that it took to get to the pretty. So you don't really see the behind the scenes. So that was kind of my way <laughs> yeah. of showing that, you know, public speaking, for example, if if you had told me, even gosh, five years ago, that I would be able to go on. A television show and and be okay and be good at it i i wouldn't have believed you i was very quiet and very shy and you know in finding something that that you're good at i think just brings out so much confidence oh it's so true in fact speaking on speaking um you are going to be speaking at the alt summit yes with our very own Meg Conley. I am. I am tomorrow at uh at four o'clock i am very excited about that now, are you terrified no, not at all. Because <laughs> you know what? You should be if you're speaking with Meg. Oh. Because <laughs> I have her on the show every week, and I'm just telling you right now, she's a train wreck. <laughs> no, and I mean I that with love. <laughs> no, I'm she's going to see her in about an hour, and I'm going to tell her Are that. You ready? <laughs> tell her that. Tell her I said that. And um, Meg, you, you're going to love her. She's fantastic. Uh, one thing, though, um, I would lock your valuables up. Okay. Okay. I'm I, just giving you advice. I'm writing this down. Yeah, write that down. down. Lock up your valuables. Um, I also would not, um, I would not d- always keep one eye on her. You're in big trouble if she's listening to this right now. Oh, she's probably too busy to listen to this. But it, but she's this very wonderful woman. Uh, again, lock up your valuables and don't mention anything about her children's names. Okay. I got it. Uh, one is Viola. And the other is Zuzu. You, but I'm don't, from the, I've heard every name under the sun. I'm from New York. Yeah. I've heard every name yeah. under the sun. Yeah, and don't, don't say anything about that because okay. she's very sensitive to those names. I mean, I'm taking notes here. Yeah, go write that down. And then the other thing is um, don't mention that she has two Lexus, Lexums. Lex, she has two vehicles branded Lexus. Is yeah. this all hot button? Yeah. Very hot button. Yeah. These are very, she's very, she's, and she'll, you, and she'll light up. And don't look at her hair. I'm just letting you know. Don't, do not ever just look directly at her You're hair. You're going to be in big trouble the next time she's on your show. I know. I know, but it's going to be so fun. It's so worth it. It really is, Chris. It is so worth it. But, um, so you're not worried about, here you sit, you go on the Today Show, you don't worry about that. Mm-mm. You, do you not understand that you could blow your life forever? Absolutely. 
but it's not. So this little the the interesting thing about your blog is, and even this idea of uh, modern domesticity is here. You are you used to be the little country bumpkin from Virginia, on a little peanut farm, and now you're on Doctor Oz, Fox and Friends, the Today Show. You're the real deal. You're so you so maybe that's part of being a modern domestic goddess. You know, you you kind of you touched on it a little bit. You speak about you know asking me like, are you are you nervous? Are you worried? What I kind of learned, and I and I think a lot of people can take this and like put it to their everyday life, and not just you know Chris on TV life. Right. A lot of people ask me that, like, do you get nervous? Like, because if you mess up essentially on one of these shows, like that's that's pretty much it. You don't really get a second chance on live TV. And I I said to them, you know, in the beginning, I was nervous. How I've, you know, progressed through that is learning how to take the nervousness and I channel it into positive energy. There you go. And that has been the biggest, and it sounds crazy, but that has been the biggest thing for me. And it it took a little while. Like, of course, in the beginning, I was very nervous. I actually, I don't know if you know this, I had my very first TV segment out here in in Salt Lake City. Oh, you did? Okay. On NBC when I was here for the very first alt summit that I attended. And if you had even told me at that time that I would be speaking at the same <laughs> conference, I again, I never would have believed you. Very quiet person and that has most definitely changed, but but again, I think it's just about, you know, doing things that you might be terrified to do. Mhm. And also having a supportive person with you, you know, to tie that back into my husband. He's very supportive. And, you know, he's kind of like, if you're going to do it, then then basically go big. (laughs) Yeah, go big or go home, huh? Exactly. And and I think that's really important. And it's kind of all things that I've learned doing TV and doing public speaking that you can really apply to to most aspects of your life. I love it. And I think that really, that's a beautiful symbol um, of what I think the modern female is and really what the modern male should be. We're we're performing at our highest abilities. We're not limited to any one part of our life, right? We we don't we don't just have to grow one part of our life. We can grow a whole life. Mm-hmm. And we can become our best self and offer our very best self. It's beautiful. What else do you want? Come on, Chris. Yeah, no, and I actually <laughs> I just recently gave a, a commencement speech and I basically told them that you're not going to be great and that's okay. Yeah. And because it's in those moments when you're not great that you actually learn the most yeah. about yourself and you grow the most. That's so good. That's great. Um, we're going to continue this discussion after the break. We're talking with Chris Scholl's lifetime or lifestyle expert and, uh, you know, speaker, graduation speaker. She's doing it all. Plus, she's going to be babysitting Meg Conley. At the Alt Conference, which we're so proud of you. We love Meg to death, and we're so grateful that you've got her for the few days. Watch her, though. Keep an eye on her. We're going to take a break. More with Chris Scholes right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio after this break. Welcome back, kids, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Hey, we're doing it. We are trying to understand better the new modern. How do we say this? It's just such a hard word. Uh, uh, Building a home life and a work life. Building an integrated whole life. Science has come up with the word. It's called domesticity. I know. It's too hard to say. Juan's in the house, by the way. Speaking about domesticity, Juan, uh, in suit, he, I'm sure, had a hearing or something to do. Again, he's not a real attorney. Let's just be very clear. Not real. He's a fake I'm an imaginary attorney attorney because I haven't graduated law school. He's got two more years before he'll be out there. Before I'll just come into existence because I'm imaginary right now. You totally are. In Mm -hmm. fact, I didn't even see you. I I just snuck in. I I could smell your cologne. Uh, anyway, joining us is Chris Scholes, uh, lifestyle expert uh, and creator of the popular website The Chic Wife and a regular lifestyle contributor on the Today Show, Fox and Friends, Dr. Oz. Man, she's done it all. Go check out her website, thechicwife.com. Really, part of her goal, it sounds like, is to help us all not have to give up this concept of home and being somebody that can build a home life, a really comfortable, safe home with just benefits and some of the great opportunity to serve in the home uh, and, and actually perform your caring art of maybe cooking or sewing, if that's what you like to do, or whatever you like to do. Anyway, she's joining us, her name, Chris Scholes, and again, she's going to be hanging out with our own Meg Conley at the Alt Conference. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. Again, really, thank you guys for having me. But, Matt, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. What is your favorite kind of – or what is your best domestic skill? Are you like hmm. a cook or Ugh. do you enjoy cleaning? Uh, not yet. You I haven't hit it yet. Keep it. I'm a little concerned. I, I, I know. What, this is mine. And I don't want to brag because I don't want to sound like I'm all that. But I iron like a – I don't know what the metaphor is. Like an ironing board? I need some tips. I am the worst. I am admitting it right now. Let me walk you through it. It's very simple. I cannot iron. I always start with my collar. Then I go to the back shoulder part. I don't know what they call that. The back shoulder piece. It's the yoke. Is it really? On on a shirt? Oh, you would know. You you used to make clothes. Um, So uh, I, I start with my collar. It's nicely starched. Do the shoulders. Then I do the sleeve. Sleeve. Then I do the back. Then I do the front. Lightly starched. I like a st- iron that pumps out a little steam. And I do it every day. I don't know. Maybe it's not that I am bad at it. It might just be that I really don't like to do it. Yeah, see, that's the difference. <laughs> you know what? I actually like it because it's very – I don't like it because I'd rather just have my shirt sent out and washed. But honestly, what I love is no one comes near you. When you've got an iron in your hand, most people just avoid you. Because they're af- afraid yeah. of you, or because they're afraid you're going to. Well, they don't ask want. Yeah, what if I ask them to iron? <laughs> so it's like everyone dodges me. But one of the cool things, though, Chris, and I think this is why you don't do it. I don't like to iron my wife's clothes because your clothes aren't big enough to get an iron on. Yes, you're all petite and skinny, and I just end up making a big mess. No, that's because women's blouses have buttons on the other side yeah. and it's just so confusing for yeah. men yeah and your shoulders they puff when they shouldn't you know what i mean <laughs> and you got little frillies around your wrist sometimes i mean you got all these things that just weren't meant to be on a shirt i just feel like i should not own any 
clothes that need to be ironed. Oh, so boy, either Chris. they're dresses yes. or they're t-shirts yeah. and jeans. I have about 500 shirts, but I only wear about 10 or 7 because those are the ones that you don't have to iron. Exactly. I'm so lazy. But you have a degree in fashion. And if you look at your website, which I have, you, you've got some good taste. Thank and you. you've even put together some really good pictures. I just took some pictures from my website, and honestly, I felt like uh, they didn't quite capture me. Oh, no. I felt like they they didn't know who I was, except then after, she said, look, dude, I did everything I could. I wasn't working with something that we really could capture any other way. But no, this. I don't. I don't. Believe, I think that, you know, the, the person that always takes my, my photographs, um, I've got two friends. They're amazing. And, but they're friends. Yeah. That's the okay. Key. See, but that's it. See, yep. mine was actually a friend and is no longer a friend, but is a, was a great friend of mine. No, they, they, they're friends and, and they really did a great job, all things considering. But I have my own phobia. Like, I don't like my picture taken. So maybe it needs to be, like, more active, like you're doing something. Uh Which I try to do. So I always try to have them take pictures of me when I'm, like, speaking because then I'm not thinking about it. But then I always look like I'm, um, like, trumpeting like a, like a, yeah, like an elephant. It just, my faces are always bad. And (sighs) some people, though, honestly, Chris, we're not, we're not all meant to be on you know, we're not all meant to be on NBC shows in the morning. The no, Today I don't show. believe that. I think that character comes through no matter what. Okay, good. Seriously. Because <laughs> I have a website called the Matt Townsend site, matttownsend.com. And I'm just telling you, we, I, we don't I have a lot to work site. with. I did not I think anything about the photos. Oh, well, you know what? That you've only saw, you saw the one photo. That one photo is the one photo. That's the one photo in my life that I like. The problem is... I don't look like that anymore. So everyone thinks it's like a bait and switch thing. No, come on. Okay, well, uh, anyway, I, we, we digress. So tell me this, Chris, as we kind of, we have to wrap it up soon. Um, what, what do you want everybody to know about uh, just the balance of still being really powerful at home and powerful in the world? You know, I I wrote a a post on this that kind of generated a little bit of controversy, and I I basically said you do not have to be perfect at absolutely everything. Right. It is okay to be in the middle with everything. Yeah. And it got a little bit of pushback because I think everyone is told you have to be this and you have to be that and you have to be perfect at this and this and this, and it's okay. It's yeah. okay to step back and realize that you don't have to be perfect at life. Well, who's going to argue perfection? Like, that's crazy. Exactly. Like, and you've got it. You've nailed it. You can be, and even if your salad doesn't look like the one I'm looking at right now that looks really good with sesame seeds on it, even if it doesn't look that good, it doesn't matter because it's a salad. <laughs> exactly. It's a salad. If you make it and you like it, yeah. then that's it. Who cares about the rest? But... I, I truly think that we need to give up this pursuit of perfection yeah. and pursue happiness instead. You know, um, I, I think you couldn't be better than that. In fact, that's that we're going to grab that clip. That's a really good statement. Because um, one of the things that I've learned, and this is a Bible thing, but in the Bible, the word perfect actually is, I guess, a Greek term, but it's actually its root comes from the word complete. 
So we're not told to be perfect per se. We're told to be complete. I like so, that. so be complete and be whole. Instead of just trying to build one really powerful side of your life out in the world, for example, or just at home, we need to be complete human beings that are spiritually strong, socially strong, physically strong, mentally strong, you know, spiritually there. All these different areas have to be there. And to me, that's what the chic wife is teaching. Thank you. Thank you. And you're making me really hungry. I do take very good food photos. If you, you ever re- do any of those, I, I'm your girl. You really do. Um, and so if, if you had some other advice for um, maybe for the rest of us that kind of don't know where to begin with our domesticity, wh- where do we begin? Because I've already kind of mastered. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I'm kind of perfect at ironing. So there. You, so I think the, the trick is to find, don't try to be something that you're not. And, and that can apply to home or to life. You like to iron. So, uh, so yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. So not for everyone, though. Let's just pick, get that clear. Pick the one thing in the home that you love to do and do that and and go from there. And again, don't don't worry about it being perfect. If you like to mow the lawn, then go out oh. there and mow the lawn. Yep. What, if, what if I like to watch my kids mow it? Then that is totally fine. Mm. The, I can't get enough of that. <laughs> Sadly, sadly, I really can't get enough of that. Better people if you make them work. I truly believe that. (laughs) It's such a good thing. Well, we appreciate you, and we wish you the very best of luck uh, again at the Alt Conference. I'm sure you'll nail it. You'll be incredible. Thank you so much. And um, just again, a few rules about Meg Conley. Okay. Watch her. Keep your eye on her. Lock your purse up and any valuables. Quite honestly, don't. Yeah. Uh, don't mention cars. Uh, and she likes, by the way, she's the only person I've ever said that when you talk about plural of Lexus, it's Lexum. Lexum. That's, yeah. Make I'm sure learning you, a lot yeah. of stuff Make sure today. you say that right or she's going to, uh, she'll get all over you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now, I am slightly terrified, but actually I'm terrified for you mm. for yeah. next week. <laughs> you know, I appreciate your compassion. Because we are going to need it. Best of luck to you, Chris Scholes. Everybody, go check out her website, thechicwife.com. What a cool mission uh, out there just trying to help us be balanced, for heaven's sakes. You don't have to be perfect, according to even Chris. Thanks again, Chris, and uh, best of luck to you. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, Sean's going to talk about the domestic man. Domesticate, or d- domesticated? Let's see. Let's use domesticated like a cat. You've domesticated the Womus cat. Womus domesticus. Mmm. Scary. Okay. The Latin term. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back talking domesticated man, I guess, right here with Sean O'Neill on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. And today we are talking about making a home. Homemaking. By the way, not just a job for women. Men can do it too. Juan, I'm sure, goes home and takes care of a lot of daily 
work, and chores around the home. Is that correct, Juan? I do, actually. What do you do, Juan? Uh, I iron, and I actually want to get some tips from you. Because you if I've you're that it. good at it, mm-hmm. I mean, you've probably I, noticed the wrinkles already. No, but, I, but my, I actually ironed my shirt today, but it's, you know, it's falling apart. Well, he's going to have to learn how to iron shirts because he's got to be in court with them. Yeah. yeah know. You know what? The best thing you can ever do is make a lot of money and just take them to the cleaners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a buck fifty a shirt. Because I always <laughs> think if you're going to wear a jacket, too. Is that just the yeah. ironing or the wa- yeah. or the cleaning, too? <laughs> and that's a, that's a, I think that's an ethical question. If you are going to wear a jacket, do you need to iron the entire shirt? Yeah, that's my question. Just or is it front. just the front? Uh, just the front. Well, a purist would say, well, what if it's kind of like clean underwear? What if you get in an accident and have to take your jacket off? You know what? Yeah. The fire department aren't going to care. You know, they might look at you like, I'm not going to treat a guy that won't go all the way. Oh, well, he didn't iron his shirt. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying. not going to happen. I'm just saying. So, you, you're very handy. It was, uh, do you make dinner? I do. What's yeah. your, what? I actually just made pot roast the other day. Uh, I love pot roast. And it's easy, too. Yes. That's the thing. You just throw it all in the crock pot. You just pot, need a pot I've got, and a few roast. Hours later, I've got an even done. easier recipe for you, I bet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll we'll tell talk. you later. We'll if, talk. That was just a weird moment. Thank you. Now Men can't share recipes no, we totally either? Can't. No, we can't. Be, but it's interesting because Sean's been sharing a lot of recipes lately. The Duggars were because on. because I like to cook. The Duggars were on. And the number one thing he said that you got to get out of the Duggar show basically was their – what was it called? Tater, tater tot casserole, tater tot casserole recipe. recipe. That sounds awesome. I mean, I learned, it is I awesome. I learned a lot of other things in that interview. I actually saw a, re- a recipe on their website I still want to try, but I have to find some small pickling cucumbers first before I can mm. – What mm-hmm. recipe was that? Garlic dill pickles. Oh. Yeah. I love dill pickles. Sounds good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Kind of hungry. Okay. Anyway, Sean, so um, what are you going to teach us about, uh, the? I guess, uh, I guess the domestic man? Well, I mean, somewhat. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, duh, men can step up and be everything they need to be. Yeah, but it's, it's we don't, we're not. We we heard earlier those. Oh, I know. That was bad. What was June Cleaver's husband's name? Ward. Ward. Yeah, Ward. I mean, Ward Cleaver telling Wally that yeah. oh, the woman's place is in the home. W- Ward Cleaver. Whoa. He, you Ward, wonder why that's not in repeats anymore. Yeah. Ward Cleaver would be killed today. <laughs> yes, that is so true. He'd be but killed. but is there a difference still? I mean, w- yes, we have this standard that we should have more. Equality in the home, more, you know, yeah, more this and more that. But are men actually Stepping doing up? more? No, I would say not. You're right. Am I right? Mm-hmm. By the way, in fact, are you? Well, are you going to get to this while they're I got dating? Some numbers. While they're dating, they actually do more. Yes. And then when they mm-hmm. get married, they do less. Yes. Mate and switch. Ah, <laughs> the mate and switch. Yes. <laughs> it is kind of funny, but um, I found some numbers from actually 2008. But this is from a study that has been conducted since 1968. Ooh, longitudinal. Exactly. It's called the Panel Study of Income Dynamics, PSID. It's funded by the National Science Foundation, and it's a long-term nationally representative study. It collects data on the economic, health, and social behavior of the same nearly 8,000 U.S. families year after year. Wow. Let's hear the data. I, I, I know. This is great. I'm, I'm wondering where When do where you get the, a study like this? This I, is great. I'd like to find some even... But some more recent data, which I haven't been able to find. I yeah. tried to do some research, but this is based on 2005 data. Okay. So women of all ages with no children, on average, do 10 hours of housework a week wow. bef- before marriage. Yeah. And then 17 hours of housework a week after marriage. Okay. On top of a 40, 50-hour uh-huh. work week. This is, this is women of all ages with no children. <sighs> That's sad. Wow. 
Okay. Now, men of all ages with no children? Yeah. Eight hours of housework before marriage and seven hours after marriage. Interesting. See the numbers you were talking about there? Pigs. They're before, pigs. before marriage? Yeah. More? After yeah. marriage? But that, less. So that's a conversation you need to be having. Like what really mm-hmm. is expected here? Exactly. Now housework, we're going to define that as core chores. Okay. It's a nice rhyming phrase. Core chores. Mm-hmm. Or routine housework that people, people generally don't enjoy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. washing dishes, laundry, vacuuming floors, dusting, right. things like that. Okay. Married women with more than three kids recorded an average of about 28 hours of housework a week. You know, what I would then wonder, is that woman staying at home? You, I don't know. Or is she also adding 28 hours onto 40 or 50 hours? That's of, what you have to wonder. Think of that. Uh-huh. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, married men with more than three kids logged only about 10 hours of housework a week. <laughs> at least at least we're on the right track. Like, it's going up yeah. instead hey, of hey, going yeah. down. Yeah, don't, hey, we're not <laughs> regressing. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. But check this out. Women in the U.S. do considerably less housework today than they did in 1976. Well, it's because of the microwave. Of course. And uh, the – what else? The, oh, but the new vacuum. Since 1976, yeah. men's housework has increased. Okay. In 1976, mm-hmm. women did an average of 26 hours of housework a week. Hmm. Now, this is all women. This isn't you know, by age or anything yeah. like that. Hmm. Compared with about 17 hours in 2005. So it went down nine hours. Interesting. In that time period. That was the women. That was the women. What about the men? Men in 1976 were doing about six hours of housework a week. Hmm. Now, or in 2005, it went up to 13 hours. Double, more than double. Interesting. So maybe men are picking up a few of those hours. So it's 13 to 17 hours. That's the difference. It's a four-hour difference between men and women overall. Mm-hmm. But men are still lagging. But, well, that's the key, though. And I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's the, a question to ask as you're driving home today. No, Guys, did, are you stepping up? Are you, are you, do you fit into those numbers at all? I did find some more statistics, uh, some more recent ones from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. These are from uh, last year's data. 83% of women and 65% of men spent some time doing household activities such as housework. Hmm. But this also includes things like lawn care, uh, uh, bill, paying bills, yeah. and other household management. Okay? See, I think my wife likes to mow the lawn. Okay. Like, but does she like to see you sitting there on the porch with the lemonade while she's doing that? No, I don't <laughs> sit on the porch. I stay inside and watch TV. <laughs> okay. I don't want her to catch me. <laughs> uh, now, on the days that people did household activities, women spent an average of 2.6 hours on such activities, and men spent 2.1 hours. Hmm. 19% on an average day, 19% of men do housework compared with 49% of women. Hmm. See, this is why women are mm-hmm. getting ticked off. Now, check this out, though. 42% of men did food preparation or cleanup. Compared with 68% of women. So there we are picking it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. A little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Not even, but but that's okay. On, on an average day, adults living in households with children under age six, women spent one hour providing physical care, bathing, feeding, okay. that sort of thing, mm-hmm. to, their, to their children in the household. Men spent 26 minutes providing physical care. <laughs> 
Well, because we can't do their hair right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have well, to I agree tried. with you. My my girls will not let me touch their hair. Well, I know, but see, why would you? At all. Because if your wife's going to do it so incredibly well. Well, that's what's going to be so mm. weird about the next few days in the RV you're on ha- vacation. Because yeah, my wife won't be uh, there. Yeah, your kids, their hair is going to look <laughs> ball ridiculous. Caps. Baseball right. caps. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. And for some reason, none of my daughters can find a brush. They always have to use their mother's brush. I don't know Do why. your daughters know how to do their own hair? Somewhat, yes. Mm-hmm. See, we always trained one child to be able to do the hair of all the other children. You only have oh, one daughter. Smart. Yeah, we, that, was, that was our daughter we trained. <laughs> but now she doesn't live with us. But now I found this very interesting study, which we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about this. But there was a study in Norway uh, back in 2011, 2012. The divorce rate among couples who shared housework equally. Yeah. Do you know what it was? The divorce well, rate... It, was it higher or lower than the other divorce? Than the, uh, reg- your, I already know the answer to this, but I would so I would say no. It's not. Uh, it's it's a higher divorce rate for those that share equally. Yes, it is. But how much mm. higher? Dramatically, fifty percent higher. Yeah. Wait, now, wait. So those who are those sharing who it equally share equally have a higher have divorce a rate. Fifty percent higher divorce, divorce rate. Wow. But you know why? Come on. Because those that they, – they're, they're, those with the lower divorce rate mm-hmm. probably have a more traditional type of arrangement of marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, mm. here's one of the answers that, well, that they think about anyway. Um, according to Mr. Hansen, who was part of – or um, I can't remember his first name now. Um, but he said maybe it's sometimes seen as a good thing to have very clear roles with lots of clarity where one person is not stepping on the other's toes. Yeah. There could be less quarrels since you can easily get into squabbles if both have the same roles and one has the feeling that the other is not pulling his or her own weight. See, that's – and that may, that kind of goes with what mm-hmm. we talked about yesterday. That yeah. Maybe the key to this is – because if you're sitting there thinking that your husband's role should be something and exactly. he's not thinking that. And you think you're all new age and open-minded and we're going to share everything equally. Mm-hmm. You might want to find that out before you get married. <laughs> now, Dr. Frank Furetti. Say that again? Yeah. He's a professor at the University of Canterbury. He said this. These people are extremely sensitive to making sure everything is formal, laid out, and contractual. Mm. Prenup. That does, that does make for a fairly fraught relationship. Yeah. The more you organize your relationship, the more you work out Diaries and schedules, the more it becomes a business relationship yeah. than an intimate, loving, spontaneous mm. one. That wow. tends to encourage a conflict of interest rather than finding harmonious resolutions. See, that's where you would call Juan because of legal advice instead exactly. of me for marriage advice. Exactly. Huh. That would be now, the difference. I did find a, a another thing that we don't have time to talk about, though, what? that I kind of wonder Are you if we should give this to Meg. Are you teasing us? A little bit. It's a little study that says men who do more housework yeah. have less sex. Oh, I totally believe that. You're too tired. <laughs> <laughs> You're too exhausted. I'm too tired for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ooh. Maybe we'll give that to – ooh. Wow. After, after her, yeah, you know, her, her list yesterday. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Meg did a beat down mm-hmm. on the guy's – yeah, we'll give that to her. Yeah, save that. <laughs> okay. But we, you know, we passive aggressively had a little beat down on Meg today, too. True. Yes. <laughs> but she'll get back at you, I'm betting. Don't mess with Matt Townsend. <laughs> He'll get you one way or another. 
Well, we're going to take a break, come back. Kim Giles is going to join us. She's the coach extraordinaire. She's going to, you know, talk to us about maybe some ways to handle some of the conflict here. There might be a little way to uh, handle these differences about how we do our chores, how we take care of the house. This is the Matt Townsend Show, back with Kim Giles right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, are you helping out enough around the house? You know, what would your wife say if we called your house right now? Would your wife be like, oh, yeah, that guy does so much work? Where all the guys are shaking their heads, nope. Yeah. Well, it's not like we don't want to. I think it's (laughs) because... I don't want to. (laughs) That's true. But I still do. You do. To some extent. Except to the extent that you don't. No, I like cooking. Yeah, but then you just make a mess, and then you make them clean it (laughs) up. You make the kids clean it up. (laughs) You're such an evil man. Yes. Uh, But you know what? They deserve it, and they're young. Mm -hmm. I washed so many dishes by the the time I was 15. This is why I don't like doing dishes. I I was was the dishwasher dishwasher. at a Cub Scout day camp. Oh, well, that's Uh. just crazy. See, that'll make you not like scouting. <laughs> no, it's, no, just dishes. <laughs> okay. Just dishes. Okay. Um, because one of the things that I, I, I wasn't a, washer, a dishwasher at a, at a scout camp. I was the dishwasher of our house. We were supposed to take turns. But my sisters were all smarter than I. It was always your turn. Yeah, well, they were smarter than I was. And they're like, um, how about you? We'll give you this tomorrow if you'll just do the dishes tonight. Okay. But for real? Are mm. you for real? Yeah, I'll do it for real. Why do I think Charlie Brown and Lucy are oh. involved here? <laughs> Horrible. And I would just sit there with gloves on and play in the water. Nah, not good. Just be glad they didn't have Instagram back then. <laughs> oh, I know. Can you imagine? Well, anyway, let's go to the pro. Kim Giles is joining us. Kimberly Giles is her name. President and founder of, of Clarity Point Coaching is her game. She's a very popular life coach, author, speaker. She's been named one of the top 20 advice gurus in the galaxy by Good Morning America in 2010. Uh, I actually made up the galaxy part. She also has appeared on Good Morning uh, Utah and a lot of the local stations in Utah, as well as also written 240 articles that have been published in newspapers and magazines. She is a regular columnist um, and writer at KSL's uh, new publishing company on KSL.com. And uh, again... You got to just love Kim. Now, Kim Giles, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be here today. Does your husband help out around the house? Yeah, you know, I've been listening to this and I'm feeling re- really grateful. My Does husband's he? wonderful. Oh, boy. Now, the thing is, really? Though, no, I but admit, really. Yeah. I, I, this last year, I hired some people to come in and clean. And yeah. And so there's not a lot left to be done, but oh. of of the few tasks that really do need to be done, he he pitches in equally. Wow, for sure, as much as I do. You know, um, I'm really lucky. I want to hire some help, but you know, my is your husband available for some extra stuff at my house? <laughs> no, he's too busy with okay. mine. But I'll Darn give you it. my cleaning ladies. Yeah, would you phone number? <laughs> But see, then I sit there and I think, well, maybe it's not just mom and dad's responsibility. Let's get these kids working. Oh, yeah. 
we'll have to ask you for some tips on that someday. So, Kim, okay. but what's the big deal? I mean, there's a lot. A lot of this seems like our roles, but then there becomes some tension, right? There, there's a lot of tension is created around household chores, who does what, the roles we play. How do you how do you alleviate some of the tension? Well, you know as well as I do that most couples that come talk to us because they're having issues, they they often both feel like they're being gypped. Yes. They feel wronged. Yes. And it's a fear of loss thing. I'm carrying more of the weight than you are. Right. It's all falling on me and it's unfair. And as soon as we go there, we're st- we start the scorekeeping, oh, yeah. and we're in trouble. Well, and then, but it's natural, right? Because, come on, we both work, we both eat, yeah. we both wear our clothes. Why am I the only one doing everything? So scorekeeping's not a great idea, and it's actually a sign of a pretty messed up moment, right, in life. It is. But, but, but you're saying... But it's hard to not do, isn't well, it, it is. when... Yeah, especially nowadays when most couples are both working. Yeah. And the reality is that the traditional roles kind of still hold. So I I feel on my shoulders is my full-time job plus all the stuff I did when I was a stay-at-home mom. Sure. It's all on me. Well, cuz that you're that's right. That role doesn't go away just because, you know, we I'm in the workplace. But it, it almost seems like in a weird way, some of it I guess is expected by men. But I'm not. I've kind of, I've kind of learned as a husband that expecting isn't usually a great way to get what you want, because I've expected a lot and I don't always get it. So some of that, I guess, too, is on the other side. Like the wife feels a need; she has her own pain about this, don't you? I mean, about needing to be the great mom, the great yeah, wife. The real- problem is that not only does the husband expect it, but to be honest, it, it's the responsibility. We still carry it. That's we it. haven't put it down. So we feel the pressure that yeah. is on us. So as you're working all day and your house is falling apart because you can't do it all, you feel guilty. You feel like a failure because you're still carrying responsibility for that. So oh. We get women that That's... are so, just feel like they're failing. Oh, that, that is torture. Oh, Yeah. Well, and and we could just say, well, let, let me help. Just tell me what you want. But some of it is, no, it's a deeper need to, It's I guess it is. It's a fear of not being seen as an adequate enough woman because you, you can't even take care of your house and your job. Yeah, we That's kind tough. of still expect that. So I'll tell you, I realized for my own guilt and, and sense of failure, I needed help. So... We're, we hired some people to come in and help. If we're yeah. both working full time, let's just admit that is an expense we're going to do. And I just feel so much better. Do you? How did you All let go of awesome. the expectation? Kind of the hey, good moms, good moms do everything. How do you let go of that? Well, you've got to sit down with your spouse and hopefully have a mutually validating conversation about all the things that have got to be done with both of you working. And and I really believe that you both need to pitch in and we need to change some of those roles and responsibilities around so that you create a system that works. Yeah. And that's going to look different for every couple. Right. So what works for Patrick and I may not be the right fit for somebody else. And, and one thing we found is there are certain tasks that really bother him if aren't done. 
So guess which ones become his job? <laughs> you whine, then you get to own it, huh? Yeah. So if, that, if those that's are his. One that bugs you? Yeah, he gets a little bugged when the laundry's piling up and he has no clean clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's decided that's going to be his thing, and every weekend he does all the laundry. Wow, that's a good. That's a great rule, though, huh? But what happens? This I can just hear some wife saying, "What happens if your your husband has no standards and whines and complains about nothing and nothing?" I mean, because that's where it's it's where the standards are different. It's where the husband maybe doesn't care and the wife really cares. That's where this gets dangerous. Yeah. So like I said, mutually validating conversations and you've got to decide if you're committed to this relationship, we both are going to have to compromise Mm. and create a plan that works. Yeah, I agree. Isn't that what you recommend with your clients? Well, in the end, it is. It's, are we in this to win it or are we in it to just keep score? (laughs) Because if I guess one of you can keep running the score up, but at some point, and I think you do have to voice it. Like I like that you bring up the mutually validating conversation because so many times you might expect that I'll get it or so many times you might – I mean you would think that I would care enough to just get it. But it also sometimes just needs to be stated. I need your help. Yeah. Now, Matt, when I teach people how to have a mutually validating conversation, step one is that you've got to make sure that you're seeing your spouse as the same as you. Now, what I mean is you're not casting them as the bad guy yeah. in this conversation. Because if you start out with, listen, I've been keeping score, and I'm losing, and you're taking advantage of me, and it, then it becomes an attack yeah, you on bet. that person. And the minute they feel that, the co- this is no longer a mutually validating conversation. Well, maybe that's it. If your intent is to invalidate, if your intent is to lower the hierarchy or the position of another person, then you're setting yourself up. I mean, you can give data, but I guess that's the key is what is your intent? And that's one thing I notice a lot about. Um, in fact, I had it today with a client where I, I, there's great research by Deborah Tannen in the book, You Just Don't Understand, where she talks about um, how when men when men talk, we – we actually we kind of evaluate where we stand in the conversation. We evaluate our hierarchy. When women talk, she found they kind of more evaluate the rapport that's being built, the relationship. So men men aren't always gauging if the relationship's okay when we're talking. They're gauging did they were they just made to look stupid there? <laughs> did you just say something that made me look right. dumb? And so in a weird way, when my wife will yell just in frustration, she never yells, but when she says, ah, I need help. When she says that, I immediately feel like, oh, look, I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. And, but I'm gauging hierarchy. And really, she's just saying, can I get anyone in the house to help me? But I take it so personal. So we're going to take a break, Kim. And I want to come back and have you kind of walk through some ways to talk about it, but also some ways to let go of the fear and let go of some of the scripting that you're not a good enough woman if you can't do this. Or like me, I'm an inadequate husband because my wife had to get frustrated before I got there. Um, We're going to talk about it. So hang on with us, Kim. Uh, We're taking a break. More with Kim Giles when we come back. Again, go to ClarityPointCoaching.com. ClarityPointCoaching.com. Kim has so much information on her website and tons of it is free. So go check it out and she'll uh, she'll give you some ideas about how to talk through some of the stuff when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, trying to help you find the good in life, and uh, maybe one of the first places you could look for it is if you would move all that laundry. Go do your laundry. Underneath your laundry, there's the good. Boom. It's that simple. That's where I hide mine. Is that where you hide your yeah, good? My good. <laughs> and you you do the laundry. You do your ironing. I do. I try. Well, like I said, I need some tips for the ironing, but I do my best. We have a big family. Mm. We have a very big family. And so it's harder, but there's no excuse. There's no excuse. We all need to step up more. I need to step up more too. Okay. So that's how Kim's going to help us. Kim Giles is joining us again from ClarityPointCoaching.com, author, speaker, extraordinaire, advice guru of the century, and mom and wife. And um, she's also running a couple of housekeepers. Kim, yeah, welcome back my to the show. Favorite people. Oh, don't you love it? Hey, now, do you ever? Do you guys ever have the family argument? We we used to have these, uh, the family argument of um, the pre-clean, because when you, when the housekeepers are coming, you want to have a clean house so that they can then clean. The the pre-clean. Yeah, I don't have that problem. I I'm yeah. okay with letting the housekeepers know that we're messy. But like, do you, do you let your housekeepers clean, pick up your kids' rooms? Um, you know. I actually don't. Yeah, that's the I pre-clean. Want the kids to learn yeah. to clean. See? See, there's the pre-clean fight. Because the housekeeper's okay. coming tomorrow, so everybody clean your room. Clean it, or else I will get you. You know, I actually don't even have them go in my kids' room, so my kids have to do their homework. <gasps> that's brilliant. And they're a little mad that yeah. their their rooms aren't getting vacuumed. Yeah. Well, of course. But if they want to pay the housekeeper to do their room, oh sure. You know, that's an option. That's what I have to do. <laughs> see, Kim. That's why. That's why you're the pro. That's why you're the pro, because wow. you get it. And your husband, he's, he gets it too. You guys are doing this together. So give us some advice. What, what else do we need to do to kind of talk through, and val- in a validating conversation, to talk through our chores, kind of our expectations, so that nobody is sitting there wondering, why am I doing everything? Okay, so step number one, we kind of mentioned before the break, is, is seeing your spouse as the same as you. And, and I actually, with my clients, want them to, to recognize that we each can show up three different ways. We can show up as a parent where we're talking down to the other person. Yeah. We can show up as a child where we, you plan on being talked down to because you're showing up immature. Sure. Um, or you show up as an adult. Oh, and for see. this conversation to go well, this needs to be an adult-adult conversation, not the wife as the parent talking down to the husband as he's a stupid child that isn't helping and doing his chores. Such as you show up as or the parent. The way, yeah, but you right? need adult-adult, right? Because if you, yeah. whichever one you show up, a lot of times when one, when one spouse shows up as the parent, the child will appear. Yes, in the other. most of the time. Or if the child shows up, the parent appears. We just need to be adult-adult. We but, do. And but, that means a mutual respect and not seeing your spouse as the bad guy. Yeah. He's not or she isn't any worse than you. We're all struggling, scared students in the classroom of life doing the best we can, but very imperfect. And we have to give that to each other. So, I, I mean, I have to stress that again because the whole conversation's quality an outcome depend on you not talking down to your spouse when you have these conversations. So true. And and that's so that's it, huh? But it might really be when it comes to cleaning a house, one parent might one I mean one one um spouse may actually have more of an adult expectation 
And a, yeah, and it, one may be showing up just like the kids. Yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, it can't be like up. that. And then all of a sudden, oh, you sound like my mother. Quit nagging me. Well, I wouldn't have to nag you if you would do it. Yeah, be a grown up. Yeah. So you're, you're saying we, we've got to decide up front how we're going to show up to this. And we're, we're going, we really, the ideal would be to have two adults in the room to have this conversation. Yeah, but. You may be the only one who's hearing this today who is going to initiate this conversation, and the only person you have control over is you. Yeah. So you make sure that you're not talking down to your spouse. You're seeing him as an equal or her as an equal. And then you're going to ask questions about how they feel about the, the household chores um, what kind of how, what they care about, what's important to them when it comes to the house and keeping it clean, and and also I like to let me. What kind of a relationship do you want us to have? What mm. kind of a marriage would you like to have? Because you know the one we're ending up with is is me as the parent and you as the child, and I don't know if that's the relationship you want. It's not the one I want. Yeah. Tell me what you want. What does this look like? And I really want to give them a chance to be heard. And, and this is what a mutually validating conversation is all about, is that both parties are going to feel validated at the end of it. That's great. But you got to give it first. Yeah. you got to be willing to ask all the questions. And sometimes this is opening yourself up for what feels like an attack. Because yeah. if, if you're giving your spouse a space, to be honest, you might not like some of what you hear. But you got to be able to take it. And yeah. not get offended and defensive and blow up. Be able to just understand that's their perspective and how they feel. That doesn't mean any of it's true necessarily. Yeah, it's but just an have opinion. To honor and respect their right to feel that way. I love it, and I think I think just having ahead of time before you go into this conversation, do a little assessment and figure out what your typical pattern looks like. is Does it tend to be, when we talk about chores and housework and stuff, do you tend to come off as the parent? Does your husband tend to come off as the child? I mean, if you identify the pattern, you might even then go say, hey, I learned the greatest thing from Coach Kim today. And then go teach it. What we tend to do when we argue is I tend to go kind of parent on you and you kind of go child and we get in a fight and then see if you can get buy-in on that and then talk about how do you want to handle this conversation today? <laughs> let's, let's try to do it in a different way and then start your questions like that. I think sometimes just focusing on what the pattern looks like and what you tend to do, might, it makes it a little easier to recognize it when you're in the middle of it. Absolutely. And, you know, while you're pl- doing this pre-conversation plan, yeah. kind of looking at it. Figure out what it is you really want. What's the change that you would like to see moving forward? Kind of know, kind of have huge. in mind what yeah. you want ahead of time. Yeah. And then after you've really heard them out and and you're clear on on where they are and what they want, what's important to them, and and they feel validated and heard, you can ask permission to share kind of how you're feeling and what you want. Yeah. Now, I, I teach my clients it's really important that you ask these permission questions. And the reason is that it's another layer of respect towards your spouse to say, honey, would you be open to letting me share kind of some of my feelings about this? Sure. Oh, I love that. And, and you need them to say, yeah, absolutely. Because if they don't, if they don't, They're you may in. as well. Yeah, you may as well tie it, you know, stop it right now. 
Yeah. You, you can still they're try to push in. through and then have the argument, or you can just get that they're not there. Yeah. Now, I'll give our listeners a couple tips. When you finally get your turn to talk, try to use more I statements than you statements. Yeah. So I feel this way. This is what I experience. This is what's important to me. Not you do this. Yeah, you never. That. Right. Or you're going to ruin everything you just did because mm-hmm. you're attacking. So, so try to focus on I statements. And then focus more on the future behavior that you want to see, not the past behavior. If, if you spend the whole time talking about last week, you did this and you did that. Sure. You're talking about stuff in the past they can't fix. Right. They have no control over the past, and it will just frustrate them. But if I say, honey, what I'm wondering is if moving forward, you might be willing to do these couple things differently to help me. How would you feel moving forward about working on that? I love that. They'll feel a lot better. Now, just so everybody knows, I know we've got listeners driving and and wishing they could write all this down. One of the many free things that you can get on my website. By the way, you, you are the greatest charity in the history of coaching. That's neat. You're, you're, I know. You know, it's some crazy. people some people are after filthy lucre. Not you. You're just here to give it away. Well, there's some things I really feel strongly that I, I want everybody to have and not have to pay for, and this is yeah. one of them. So on my website, there's a resources page, and everything on there is free stuff you can download. But there's a mutually validating conversation worksheet that steps through all these and it's also in my book, um, we, we've got a couple chapters on really learning how to do this well. I don't know if you've got to that part of the book yet, Matt. No. There's some great edifying conversation stuff. But see, that, what I, that, what's so great about the book, though, is it, it walks you through. It doesn't just you know dictate everything you need to do, but then it has activities that you do. But every activity, in a way, kind of builds. So, so what I found just with your whole approach is if you'll put in the work, and there's a lot of work. It's just stuff you've got to think through with some of uh, with some of your stuff, Kim. But in the end, if I thought through my own fears, my own concerns, my own belief set, it makes my conversations kind of just inherently better because I've done the pre work. So, right. so if, if people go through your book, your book is choosing clarity. Uh, the path to fearlessness. You can get that on the on her website, Clarity Point Coaching. But if you've done the pre work, then some of this other stuff almost comes more natural. Oh, it does because really the the underlying problem with most of these is that fear of loss that we're both experiencing, both feeling robbed. Right. And and you've got to come to terms with how big of an issue your fear of loss is. How quickly are you offended, or or do you feel taken from and yeah. robbed from your spouse? you got to do some work to fix that yep. first. And then these conversations will be a lot less volatile because you're not feeling as threatened. That's right. And and so much it just seems like, of especially the home, like home chores, domestic stuff, so much of it seems so deeply connected to what other people might think. Like what 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 if other people thought we didn't do our yard right? You know what if what if the neighbors were wondering what we were thinking or um, so that that's why getting the fear out is is a, a huge key to having the better conversation. Absolutely, man. I I just wish everybody before they got married you had to learn how to have mutually validating conversations. Oh, because if I know. we just knew that, yeah. 
Well, you do. You do. You're pretty. I know. So are you. Thank you. I'm pretty, too. You're really nice. I like your hair. I know. I like your hair. It's, and that doesn't prepare them for no. a complicated life. Eventually, it's like, you're together. a jerk. I know. That, then eventually, you got to deal with the real life, don't you? Oh. Yeah. See, Kim, you got it. You got it. But, Kim, I appreciate you. You really are helping a lot of people. And, I've, I, in fact, I just, I think I just sent some more people to you. So, uh, you know, buckle your seatbelt. You're going to have a great couple coming to have you change their life and get rid of the fear. The fears in our conversations don't stop just because we, you know, we are married. They get sometimes more exaggerated. So, Kim Giles, you're the best. Go check out her website, Clarity Point Coaching. Dot com. Thanks, Matt. You bet. And and go get the book. Seriously, great book. Tons of insight. That's probably one of the reasons I'm reading it so slow, because I'm actually having to change things. Blah. Oh, well. Choosing Clarity. That's the name of the book. We're taking a break. When we come back, we're going to be wrapping it up. Our own Maddie Richard is going to be giving us some home remedies, home keys to, you know, I guess she's going to give us a remedy to get rid of our cold. Something like that. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show and go watch Hee Haw. One of the great movies, or one of the great uh, shows of all time. Is that what you do after the show? Oh, yeah. I take my boots off and uh, have the kids rub my feet. <laughs> and then I Gross. watch Hee Haw. That was such a good show. Hey, but um, I don't want to waste any time because Maddie Richard um, is kind of mad at me. I'm not mad at you. In a good way. Um, I'm never mad at you. But Maddie wanted to make sure that we had enough time because you've got a lot of great ideas for ways that we could become better domestic um, well, no, not, experts. Not like that at all. Okay. I have well, I'm just trying of... to read what you put here. <laughs> Maddie's prepared some pretty modern home remedies for us to try so we can get to this new level of domesticity. Yep. That's what I have. Is that going to help with your feet? I doubt so it. So you don't have to get the, the foot rubs? <laughs> Maybe. Let's get there. Because that's kind of gross. Oh, is it? Yeah. And my kids always give me that look like, what? Uh. Like, if you love me, you'd rub my feet. So, Maddie, where are we going, where are we going with are this? Are you ready? We have, mm-hmm. I have a bunch of life hacks. Okay. Remedies and oh. different things that you can do in your modern domestic sphere. Okay. So, for example, um, if you're getting a call from a telemarketer, you don't say anything. You press 9 on your phone, and it'll add your number to the do not call list. Are you serious? Yeah. How apparently. does how does one know, know you're getting a call from a telemarketer? Uh-huh. Caller ID. Yeah, but see, my caller ID would be it would be like a nine an eight oh one like a Utah number. Uh, this happened last night. Okay, it was a Utah number. You can say hello, and then they're like hi, and then you just press nine. And... Hi, I'm beep. Yep. That's great See to know. Ya. Nine, just press nine. All right. Well, you know Are what you... I do with that? What? what? I just pretend I don't speak English. And I start speaking <laughs> Spanish. What if they the flip time? right into Spanish? Then uh, you pretend you don't understand then, Spanish. Then I hit nine. Yeah. <laughs> then I go with that. Croatian. But my so first good. option is yeah. just to pretend that I don't speak the language. That's and really that good. usually works. That's great. Press nine. That's easy. Or use another language. All right. What's next, Maddie? So if you have a burnt tongue, hmm. you can fix it with sugar. And I actually did this the other day. I burned my tongue. You just put sugar on your tongue uh-huh. and 
It just you just did you I just did a brushing you just did a brushing no, movement. No, I just put the sugar on my tongue and like swirl it around in my mouth a little, and the gra- like the graininess of the sugar helps the burned taste hmm. buds. Yeah, it was amazing because you know how annoying that is. Put the sugar in my mouth. Well, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine the, exactly the burn go away. Yeah, good. Okay, All that's right. great. Bees can't see you if you aren't moving. Isn't that what they said about T Rex? Totally. <laughs> and it wasn't this. Yeah, and well, that guy got shredded. Nobody yeah. was alive when T Rexes were alive, but oh, they say boy. that bees Jurassic can't Park. see you if you yeah, aren't but, moving. But maybe it's not about what they see. Don't bees sense? Don't they smell? Well, I like don't pheromones. Know. Like, don't they sense your fear? And then that's why they <laughs> attack. Bees can smell fear. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a thing. Okay. All right. That's good to know. So hold still if you're if you have yeah, a bee if you have chasing a bee coming. You. That's good. So a hot spoon, take a hot spoon, press it on a mosquito bite. It stops the reaction and stops the itching. Uh, what do you do mm. with the first degree burn? <laughs> Don't Not put anything that hot on hot it. Of a spoon. Oh, okay. Put sugar on it. Okay. Or, or, or just press nine. Yeah, that works too. Pull out your phone and just press nine. <laughs> yeah, these are getting confusing. So we, I put a hot spoon, but not like scalding hot. No, just you know, put some a spoon in some warm okay. hot water and put it on the mosquito. Press bite. it on the mosquito bite, and it helps stop the reaction. And by the, the whether it helps or not, it sounds like it would feel good. Yeah, I'm sure it feels good mm. either way. That's all cool. right, if someone presses all of the buttons on the elevator, some annoying kid yes. presses all the buttons. You can avoid stopping <laughs> on each floor by pressing the button that you don't want to go on twice. So if they press one through six and you need to go to five, you can double press the buttons you don't want to go to and they'll turn off. You can unpress them. So you press it twice and then it'll Apparently, yeah, and I tried it. It works at the KSL building. I don't know if every building. Oh, are you the one that keeps pushing all those buttons? Yeah, that was me. Oh, these kids. All right. If you have to park in a city at night, they say always park at a bank because there's cameras everywhere and banks have lights on. That's great. So when you get abducted, yeah. they'll know where to <laughs> They'll know where you are. You. Check yeah. the bank film. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what all That's, that's how they what, always solve it yeah, on TV. It's true. That is a great idea. The safest place to get mugged, a bank. Yeah, a bank. Good. If you think someone's giving you the wrong phone number, you read it back to them incorrectly. And if they correct you, it's legit. And if they don't, they gave you a phony number because they don't even remember what they gave what numbers they gave you. Or they're hearing impaired. Or they're lying to you, Matt. That probably is what happened. That's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah. funny. You call and then it's one of those, this person didn't want to go out with you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Lines. Did Mike get that? <laughs> probably. Mike's, oh, he's sad. He's shaking his head. Now you're telling me this, he says, now that he has a, a one girl that he's chasing, now yeah, he's learning the dating trick. Yeah, okay? it's yeah. true. All right. When you go to the zoo, wear the same colors as the employees and the animals will come up to you. More, They're more likely to come up to you. If if you're wearing the colors that the employees who feed them Interesting. So if you're going to a zoo and you know they always wear blue polos or something, uh-huh. put on a blue polo and animals That's might be more likely idea. to come up to you. Or just dress like the food that they would eat. That's also true. Right. And then they'll come up to you. Like if you look like a fish, yeah. then they'll walk up to you. Pavlov in action. Mm. It's true. That's it's great true. advice. I guess you'd right? have to call and find out, hey, what are we wearing today at the zoo? <laughs> Or if you go often enough, you'll notice that they either all wear browns or yeah. greens or something That's like that. That's good. That's really good. All right. If you don't know what to get someone for their birthday, say, guess what I got you? And then they'll say this thing and you say no. And then they'll say another thing and instantly you know what they really want. Yeah, but then aren't they wondering what you got them? Yeah, but don't you – when someone says, what do you think I got you? You're like, um, 
maybe uh, this book? And you always kind of say something that you really see. want, right? Yeah, but that's where my sarcasm gets me in trouble. Yeah, I see, it wouldn't work for you. Uh, did you buy me tickets to the Yankees game? Well, maybe. It's kind of a see. drive. But for uh-huh. other people, yeah, that's for other great, people that aren't you, that's yeah, a good for way to – people that aren't messed up. Well, and I assume <laughs> this is something that you do in advance. Like not yeah. when you're holding the box, like what would no, you get no, me? No, uh, no. You, a postcard. You're like, I'll be I, right back. You're like, I don't know what yeah. to get my mom. Mm. So you say, mm. mom, guess what I got you for my birthday Three for days next out. week. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then she says, that's oh, good. well, did you get me that foot massager? And you say – no, keep guessing. And nope. Go. Can you then, guess less expensive? Or you say, <laughs> or you say, I don't know. I guess you'll find out, and then you know. That's what a great trick. Yeah. Another great trick. Yeah. By Maddie Richard. All right. If you bought something on Amazon and the price goes down within thirty days, you can email them and they will send you the difference. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That is being modernly domestic, right there. That Working is. Working on Amazon. Getting a rebate from the old Amazon. Yep. Dot com. So those are just some of my, my little life hacks for you. That's all you got. Well, I think Sean's telling us to wrap up. What does Sean know? <laughs> well, that was fun. You're you're my favorite hack. I know. <laughs> I'm your favorite everything. You really are. And Sean's holding his head. So that means I guess it's time to go. <laughs> hey, well done and a great show. See, now we're all not domesticated because that would mean, you know, we're like a house cat. Mm-hmm. Domesticity. We've done it. Appreciate you listening, everybody. Again, let's just step up. Guys, step up. Let's no longer be the joke of never helping. Remember this quote by Sonia Riccati. Accept what is, let go of what was, and have faith in what will be. Great advice. Tomorrow, we're going to have a true blue marriage guru. John Gottman will be joining us. We're going to be talking to him about what makes love last. Nobody's done more research on love and marriage than John Gottman. Tomorrow we're talking to him right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.